This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's time for the Clang Valley's biggest conversation, Talk Back on the Evening Edition, only on BFM 89.9. It's Talk Back, you're with Uma and Ezra. The number to call is 0377109000. You can text or WhatsApp us at 016-201-9000 or tweet us at BFM Radio. The question we're asking you today is, but can you do without domestic help? We're talking about domestic workers and their space in our society. And a couple of days ago, uh, the started a report on domestic workers and detailed that about one in every 20 maids run away from their employers here in the country. And to give us some kind of idea of the numbers involved, there are more than 250,000 registered domestic workers in Malaysia. And that translates to about 1,250 domestic workers disappearing. Yeah, well, with all the reports on abuse by employers, horrendous uh, living conditions and even murder, they could just be running for the betterment and safety of their own lives. And it's often been reported plenty of times that some domestic helpers don't get paid on time, don't get fed proper food and generally don't have enough sleep. Some of them were apparently not even allowed to speak to their families at home as well. Yeah, and the Malaysian <coughs> the Malaysian Maid Employees Association Mama. That, uh, Mama thinks more effort should be made to overcome the problem of runaway maids. Uh, but where does this problem begin? And so from this perspective, it seems like a lot of the blame falls on the laps of unappreciative and irresponsible employers and a few of the agencies themselves, actually. It feels like uh, and sounds like some people are unappreciative of what domestic workers do to support families. Yeah, one organization uh, firmly expressed that we should treat them like family and be more inclusive with them. And I mean, clearly should. There is a sense of uh, over-reliance on our domestic helpers. They clean up, cook for us, and at times take more care of the children than parents do. Uh, and these children might uh, and these children might grow to be adults with uh, an even bigger reliance on them in having to care, cook for, and clean after themselves and their own children in that. Yeah, so we're asking you this evening on Top Back, um, you know, our, what do you think and do you agree with the notion that we should involve them in our family life rather than seeing them as an extension uh, of our our own arms, our relations too reliant on domestic workers, uh, and can you do without domestic help? We want to hear That's from the you. That's a big question. Yeah, zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand. You can text and WhatsApp us at zero one six two zero one nine thousand and tweet us at BFM Radio. And uh, you know this particular question, uh, it's something that we've spoken a lot about uh, at length. And you know th- these numbers, one in every twenty maids uh, running off. Um, That's there's something in the system that's broken down as a result of that. If that's happening, right? Uh, we've also got a Twitter poll running that's uh, on right on top of our Twitter page. Uh, it's uh, a very simple one. It just answers this question. Domestic help is... A, a necessity, or B, a luxury. Uh, we just put it up seconds ago, and it's already got 14 votes, and it's 50-50. All right, 0377109000. You can text or WhatsApp us at 016-201-9000. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We're asking you, can you do without domestic help? Now, we spoke with uh, Tanaganita's Angel uh, Fernandez um, about this and asked her about what happens to domestic workers <coughs> after they run away from their employees' homes and, and what their options are. And one of the things that she mentioned is that you know it's, it's, it's such a convoluted yeah. world when it comes to the employers, um, these agencies, and, and those who are involved. And right. it, so it, some of them will uh, go seek uh, to NGOs for help mm-hmm. because, you know, uh, you can't necessarily go to your agents uh, yes. because... Uh, 
um, uh, uh, they're the ones you're trying to run away from as well, as, mm. as well as your employers, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, there's no clear recourse for these individuals as mm-hmm. to where they go, especially if they've been um, abused. Uh, some of the, they, they, they too are unclear on what protections are actually afforded to them. Yeah. So it's a very complicated process for them. They are quite um, underprivileged in that sense and underrepresented as well. Yeah, so, uh, you know, when we take a look at um, this particular uh, discussion with uh, Tanaganita's Agil Fernandez, uh, we asked her what their options are and here's what she said. Uh, from our experience, all these years of uh, working with domestic workers, they really have very little option. When they leave their employer's home because of the conditions that they undergo there, now, what they do is they will sometimes ask for strangers' help. And that's how sometimes uh, it is Malaysians who call us and then the domestic worker comes to us. Now, two is they sometimes have friends. They would then uh, call the friends, you know, go with them. Sometimes they go to the embassy. In terms of calling back their family, the family will contact an NGO and they will... Then NGO would contact us, and then we come in to manage the case. So one of the suggestions in the article was to include domestic helpers as part of the family for them to stay happy. But there's often conflicting advice about this. Some say don't be too nice. Some say just keep it strictly professional. Uh, the main issue is trust, of course. And so we asked Angel what needs to be done to avoid any sort of issue from cropping up later. You know, for us, we don't like to say that we treat as part of the family. We treat them the same. No, I think either one is not the way. The domestic worker is here, has left the house and come here to work. There should be an employer-employee relationship. And therefore, you have to put certain uh, measures in place by do you have a contract. But in majority of our cases that we have handled, the contract is between employer and the agent. And the agent would advise the employer what to do, what not to do. And if she's misbehaving, you send her to us and uh, uh, we'll teach her a lesson, you know. And of course, the employer, because has paid money to the agent, that the transaction has taken place, they will listen to the agent. So I think if it is recognizing as a worker and you have proper contracts and then you have this relationship that goes on as I treat you as a worker and the domestic worker says I'll treat you as my employer. And I think a lot of this this, uh, violations that take place in the home will actually be erased. Now, if we could describe the circumstances in which domestic workers are brought in, um, you know, dodgy would be the term. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the one on the receiving end of this uncertainty is the prospective employer. I imagine a lot of listeners might be familiar with this. So we checked with Agil about how we should make the whole process transparent to avoid such issues. We do not have a proper system in place. We don't have a proper system in place to manage all migrant workers who come to work in the country. And the worst of uh, sector would be the domestic workers because they don't even have a legislation to protect them in place. And you need to get stakeholders to come together. We have had lots of meetings. I think at the end of the day, it's the political will whether you want to put a proper system in place or you want to have this 
so-called dodgy way of recruitment because you are going now from country to country to look for domestic workers. Why we are having this lack of domestic workers is because we are recognized as one of the worst countries of how we treat migrant workers. And that's a fact. And therefore, if we treat migrant workers, including domestic workers, in a proper manner, with proper measures in place, then we would have 50% at least of all these problems and issues would be rid of. We have laws, but it's because we do not enforce. And as Malaysians, we always tend to point the finger at who? The victim, and not at the perpetrator. And that's our greatest fault. That was Angel Fernandez from Tanaga Nita giving us some insight about uh, domestic workers and uh, the circumstances in which they are brought in. Folks, we're asking you on top back um, about what you know. How, what is your relationship like with your domestic worker? Is it strictly professional employer-employee, or is it something more of the like where they're an extension of the family? Tell us. Uh, how do you how do you treat them? Right. Yeah, absolutely. We want to hear those stories. Zero three seven seven one zero. You can text or WhatsApp us at 016-201-9000. I know a lot of people are trying to call the text and WhatsApp number. That's that, that, that's not how it works. It, it goes to a computer, so yeah. we can't actually answer your call? So 0377109000 is the number to call. You can tweet us at BFM Radio. Um, I'll be reading some of those tweets shortly after the song by Grand Funk Railroad, Rock and Roll Soul, BFM 89.9. Get in touch right now. Call 0377109000. Text 0162019000 or tweet us at BFM Radio. This is Talkback on BFM 89.9. It is Talkback. You're with Uma and Ezra. We're asking you, how do you treat your domestic workers? Strictly employer-employee relationship or do you consider them as part of the family? The number to call is 0377109000. You can WhatsApp us at 016-201-9000 or tweet us at BFM Radio. Right. Raphael tweets that uh, domestic help is a necessity for working families. There's no part-time work is available for wage earners. Uh, with part-time work, families can be less made dependent. Now, mm. got a bunch of WhatsApps as well from BFM listeners. Uh, one BFM listener says, we put our workers in the sunken place which is a reference to the movie Get Out. Right. <laughs> um, uh, another BFM listener says it's a balance. There is an employer-employee relationship, but our maid eats with us at our dining table and will join us for most family event meals outside. Our first caller of the day is Ching Yi. Hi, Ching Yi. Hi, Adra. Hi, Uma. Tell us, Hello. what is your particular experience about uh, working and oh, so your particular experience with domestic workers? Um, I've always been brought up by domestic workers. Uh, and I was very close to all my kakas from from when I was a baby until I was in my teens. I had such a close relationship to them that I would confide in them rather than my parents. Yeah. And I was very sad and devastated whenever they left and didn't want to come back to work for us. Um, and then um, I think uh, we've had a lot of mates over the years, and one of them actually ran away on the first week that she arrived. And I was really hurt by that because uh, we treated her very well during that first week. Um, and since then, like, I sort of just, like, kept the distance. And I think in this case, like, there's no real answer as to how you should treat a domestic worker at home because the question is, should you even have someone like that living with you at home? Because it's, 
is it tantamount to slavery, you know? But you're paying them, hopefully, an honest wage. Yes, that's right. But they live with you 24-7. Are they paid to live with you 24-7 and subject to rules that affect their personal life as well? Like, um, are they allowed to pray? Are they allowed to go to church on Sundays? Are they, right. are they allowed to call home? Yeah. And, and given your, uh, I guess, positive and negative experiences, um, if you were to have uh, the opportunity to employ your own domestic worker, is that something you would consider? Um, I still live with my parents, so I still have a domestic worker. But if I were to move out, I wouldn't go down that route because, like I, like I said, there's no answer as to how you should treat a domestic worker. So you just make do with a part-time maid. If you have a baby, you get a babysitter. You have an elderly person to take care of, get a nurse, but not get someone to live with you 24-7 and expect that person to not eat with you at the dinner table or, you know, it's just a very tricky relationship to be in. All right, Chingy, thank you very much for calling in. We appreciate that. And um, stop scaring off your domestic helpers. Well, no, here's the thing. I mean, she, <laughs> she raised a couple of interesting points, right? That, that first point about how sometimes, you know, you can get so attached to the domestic workers because, um, you know, as children, for example, you're interacting with them um, in so many hours of the day. And so, you know, you can go, you know, years and years on end having this bond. Well, and it's a different type of bond that you have um, with your parents. Well, you and I both have similar bonds with the kakas at our house, Absolutely, right? yeah. And um, they've been with us for a very, very long time. Yep. And they are essentially, it's not even a question of treating them like family. They are family. Family. I Absolutely, mean, yeah. they celebrate the birthdays together and, and we go through hardships together and all of that stuff. And yeah, I, I, I don't know where, I honestly don't know where the line is. Yeah. And then also the other example that Chingy brought up was that with the other maid that happened, you know, she left after the first week. Now, <clears throat> while it, there are a variety of reasons why, you know, that a domestic worker might have left in that first week despite how well she was treated. We just don't know enough information and the transparency of that person's circumstance to really recognize what uh, what has happened to her, you know, and, and what what's happened to her that brought that has brought her to this particular position. Right. We want you to tell us um, your stories as well. I mean, we got a, another WhatsApp from a BFM listener um, who said that her sister treated her domestic helper like family, but she abused that privilege by staying up late chatting on the iPad and ended up being sleepy and unable to take care of the kid and being overly demanding, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and, and, and our listener says it's best to keep that relationship professional and treat them like how you treat any normal employee, i.e. treat them well. Zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand is number call for Top Bank. Uh, Farah is on the line. Hi, Farah. Hi. Hello there. Tell us, um, how do you treat uh, your domestic workers? What's that relationship been like? Okay. Oh, it's always been a family. I mean, I've I've had um, um, a domestic worker working for us since I was twelve, and now I'm turning twenty eight. Uh, so we've got like you know a lot of domestic workers in and out, in and out. Some of them even worked for us for the past four, I mean, four to six years before they decided to go back for good. Um, but my point here is that um, no matter, I mean, I, I like to agree with Chumi, the earlier caller, is that no matter how much you treat them well, and I'm not, I'm not generalizing to all, but uh, some of them, like, you know how they promised me, uh, they promised my mom that they're going to come back and work. They just want to have like a three-month break, and then they just never came back, and right. then we sent them money, you know, for flight tickets and everything, and then they just never came back. Or some of them, um, you know, we've, we've We've taken them on vacations. Um, you know, we give them uh, presents on Raya, um, on their birthdays. Sometimes it's up to the extent that my mom even bought gold for them for 
working for us for the past four to six years. But at the end of the day, um, they just... You know, they just um, they just take us for granted, I guess. They just take advantage on us at the end. So I don't really know how, you know, sometimes it's a bit unfair to... And that, because I'm, he- I'm hearing, uh, I guess, a sense of disappointment as a result of, as to how that relationship ended. Do you think you truly got to appreciate and understand their personal circumstance and, and perhaps why they made the decisions that they did? Um, I, I somehow get the idea why why they could do that, but I don't see the reason why they have to do it. Given the chance that we treat them well, like uh, we bought them a phone, we give them, you know, we 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 top up their phone, uh, and my mom never charged them on uh, you know essentials like personal hygiene and everything. Um, we never charged them on any any of those. So I understand some some of them have kids, and you know they've got kids to think about but but that but don't you think that that actually gives them the reason to to keep the relationship with us as an employer because if they find a good employer the employers are going to keep them mm-hmm. and then the cycle continues you know what i mean um, and then the employers care more about their families and then you know who knows one day that we could get the other um, family members to come here as well uh, that's what we did with one of our domestic workers it was a sister who wanted to come in and my mom helped in um, and then she came here to work together with the sister. I mean, with my other family members. So we kind of helped them in a way, um, how do we say, um, to help them with their living. So I don't see the reason. I mean, we, we do understand them, but we just don't really get why they would do that. I just never yeah. got to understand why they would, you know, treat us in such a way. There, there's just yeah. perhaps the no closure um, at, at that particular Ending of exactly. that relationship, right? Exactly. My mom tried asking, um, you know, tried calling and asking, like, why would you do such a thing, you know? And um, most of the things, I think, um, maybe one of the reasons could be um, their spouse. Because mm-hmm. often that we get the idea that they want to work, but their spouse got us, uh, you know, got them into cheating us. So one of the domestic workers did that to my mom, where she promised to come back, but because of her husband, who desperately needed the money. Yeah. They couldn't come back, so so yeah, it could be a uh, you know somewhere within their circle itself. Yeah, that, absolutely. That could that. Yeah. Thank you very much for calling in, Farah, and sharing uh, that story with us. Uh, 0377109000 is the number to call. We're asking you, how do you treat your domestic workers? Uh, we're talking about this in light of a report that about one in every 20 maids are run away from their employers here in the yeah. country. You know, that call from Farah, <coughs> unfortunately... There's no right or wrong to the situation in a sense that she was relaying to us a story about how well that relationship had went between employer and employee, at least Correct. from the employer's perspective. And so the idea is that if you if it goes well, why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't they want it to continue and repeat itself? And I think that's always a question mark on the employees end because. From their perspective, there are always a variety of circumstances that are perhaps beyond their control. And the number of times good people have said, you know, we're going to come back in three months and they don't. Yeah. I, I know it's disappointing. I don't know if I can hold it against them. I think there are, I think life, um, there are so many questions and question marks that we're not familiar with what's happening on their end of the life that perhaps they're not sharing with us. And yeah, I think, I, I don't know if it's just not coming back, but I think it's maybe the, it's compounded by the fact that maybe you've taken money in advance and... Yes, uh, under those promises. That's right. right and yeah. then you're obviously not going to return the money, lah. Yeah. But and I think that that makes it even worse because then you feel cheated. Yeah. Right. And it's not like someone can just uh, you know sign a bonding agreement. You know, you took this much money, you must come back for another six months. You yeah. Know? Um, 
Uh, here's the thing, though. I think Chingy raised a very important point, which was whatever we do pay them, mm-hmm. is that enough? Yeah. Um, and is that enough for a 24, what is essentially a 24-7 job? Sort of a live-in type situation. It's, an, it's not something that, you know, they, they check it into the house for X amount of hours and they go live elsewhere. They have lives to lead. That's not a, an opportunity or circumstance that we have here in the country. Because if you leave Southeast Asia, you go America line, you try and get a live-in nanny or something and see how much you end up paying, right? Yeah. And while we're on this topic uh, and we're headed to the news, I just want to give a quick shout out to my <coughs> Kagat Skarni and Pajit Rasid because they're actually going to be leaving my family after like 23 23 years of working with the family and I got the news from mom uh, yesterday and it's just so sad and bittersweet because I'm so happy for them but they've got lives to lead back in Surabaya and it's just it was really interesting talking uh, about this because you know you you then wonder wow this is the, the end of uh, a cycle, right? And, yeah. and an end of a relationship. And I uh, just wanted to give a shout out to Kaka and Pachi. So uh, we're going to head uh, to the news. We're going to be talking about domestic workers and their space in our society. Do you treat your domestic workers um, as strictly employer employee? Do you treat them as part of the family? Uh, call us at 0377109000 on Talkback. We'll hear from you right after the 630 News on BFM 89.9. Hey. You, yes, you, you, you in the car. Yes, 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 you, I'm talking to you. It's time for Talkback. So hands-free car kits at the ready? Yes? Good. Let's talk back on BFM 89.9. Let's talk back. You're with Uma and Ezra. We're asking you how you treat your domestic workers. Uh, is it a strictly employer-employee relationship? Do you treat them as part of the family? We want to hear your stories. Um, a couple of days ago, there was a report on domestic workers and it detailed that about one in every 20 maids run away from their employers here in Malaysia. And we've heard all sorts of different stories about how domestic workers don't get paid on time, don't get fed proper food, they generally don't have enough sleep, uh, some of them are apparently not allowed to speak to their families, a whole range of issues. So I think what we've been, what we've been hearing for the past half an hour are both sides of the story, yeah. sometimes of elation and happiness and sometimes of disappointment and sadness. And we want to hear your stories about how you relate to them um, and, and, and what that experience has been like. We've heard, yeah, we've heard both sides of the story. We've heard people who say they've had incredible relationships uh, with their domestic public, treat them like family, everything's gone great. Yeah. We've heard stories of... Um, employers who've treated them like family, but yet that relationship has been abused. Um, I, also, also, I mean, just you know, between you and me, now, I've gotten to know uh, Kat Marisa, who works at yes. your place, and you know, she's just a wonderful lady who she's been with us for nineteen yeah. years now, yeah, like yeah, twenty years, I think. Yeah, and and I and I realize how lucky and rare that is that is and i have an aunt for example who you know domestic worker after domestic worker it just didn't work out after this one really good one sort of slipped away and you know it it, it, you get very very fortunate or very unfortunate with these circumstances but here's my question is this is it possible to treat someone who lives with you 24 7 Mm. as just another employee yeah because you have relationships even in your offices where you become friends with your colleagues. This is taking, and you only see them nine hours a day or ten hours a day. This is taking it one step further. This person's with you twenty four seven, cooking you food, and- cooking you food, taking care of your children. How how cold do you have to be to just be like, right, good job, you know, time to clock out? Yeah, zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand. Call us on Talkback. Uh, we have Lou on the line. Hi, Lou. Hello. 
Tell us, um, what do you think about uh, this particular discussion? How do you treat uh, your d- domestic workers, or how do you think it should be done? I, I, over the years, I think we had about more than 10 domestic helpers from Indonesia and from Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing we found out that um, I, I cannot generalize the way how, we, I mean, how, how it should be treated, but sure. I found out that it works for us is that you treat them professionally like an employee and employee. But what you say is right, you can't really... It's very hard to draw the line between like a uh, uh, employer, uh, employee, and a family because once they stay with you for quite some time, you tend to treat them well. But the thing is, once the line is get blurred out, uh, one side and the other may abuse each other. For instance, you may abuse them by overwork them. They may abuse your trust. Yeah. So it's always good to treat them like a good employee if you happen to find one good domestic helper. Now, how we manage to keep them coming back to us, some of the some of the helper that come back to us is at the end of the contract, we tell them that, hey, this is the amount of money you're going to get before you go back. You're going to get, like, for example, 20,000 ringgit. Yeah. Do you think is it possible for you to get the kind of money back in the country? Mm-hmm. A lot of them, once they know that they can save so much money, they decided to come back to work with us again. And and if, do you think this is sustainable in the long term? When you when you talk about having that strict employer employee relationship, so when I say long term, uh, you, you you ideally perhaps want them to be, stick around for let's say five years or more rather than five months. Mm, it's actually possible. It's, it's, it's happening to us. We are treating our domestic helper professionally in a way that um, we, we we guide them. We we are hard. We are strict with them. And sometimes, we are, uh, how should I say, we, we, we treat them with respect. We tell them that once they do wrong things, we guide them, we tell them, we be harsh on them. Once they are doing good, we, we incentivize them, we reward them. So once they know that, okay, uh, the employer is not trying to be mean on me, they are just trying to be, set things right, so they are quite okay. So out of the 10 domestic helpers that we had, most of them quite uh, turn out not disappointed, but uh, most of them we, we had quite a good relationship. Thank you very much for sharing that story with us, Lou. It's uh, it's a funny thing uh, when Lou talks about it. It, it, it's like a normal business relationship, if you will, right? You know, if you do well, you get bonuses, incentives, and all yeah. of that stuff. I think the problem stems from the fact that there isn't a kind of formal structure in place over here, like how there is, say, even in the West, where yeah. there are stricter laws and protections for those of the for those who work exactly, with you, right? Yeah. And I think if those laws and protections and you know, like contracts are there, yeah. then it might make for a, a less complicated relationship. Because we're struggling, we're, we we don't have those processes in place, so we're just trying to make the best of what we what we have. And some people are mean and cruel, and some people are lovely and nice. Yeah, and and, and precedent and analogies go a long way. When we, we're hearing so many different <clears throat> types of um, stories and shared experiences, that how do you implement that into some sort of coherent policy that everybody can say, yeah, you know what, this works for the employers, this works for the protection of the employees, uh, and, and that's super crucial. I'm telling you, we've got, we got a great text from a BFM listener uh, who says, family is not subservient to you. You don't tell them what to do. No amount of whitewashing will change their role or why they're living with you. And I'm like, well, I haven't lived with my family. <laughs> <laughs> is the number to call. Nizam is next on the line. Hi, Nizam. Hi. Tell us, uh, what do you think about this uh, topic about domestic workers and, and the relationship between employer and employee? Well, for, for my experience, I, I treat, um, at first it's, uh, it was an uh, employer-employee-like relationship. But after three years, um, the, 
they are kind of bonding to the to the family. So we 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 treat the the the, the domestic work as a as part of the family. And uh, what I can see so far, she's doing a, a good job. She can take care of the family. She can take care of the uh, the, the my children. So mm, it's kind of uh, you know. Um, it's a bonding there. It's a bonding. It is. It is. It is bonding. But at the same time, it is dependent on the character and personality of the individual, right? It's. It's. Yes. It's really yes. a potluck, yes. isn't it? A lucky yes. draw, if you will. Because I'm, I'm, I'm quite lucky because um, uh, my domestic worker, she had the experience working in the Middle East for five to six years, so she know the line. Right. Um, where and everything is better than the Middle East, lah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I can see that she's comfortable working with us for time being, yeah. All right. Thank you very much for calling in, uh, Nizam. And th- what's also really fascinating is th- this term of how lucky um, we... Th- this t- we've heard this o- o- quite a, a few lot times. of times, right? Um, yeah. So the, the, we've heard calls from saying, you know, we've been very, very lucky to get um, so-and-so to be- live with us. And, you know, if you were to speak to uh, potentially some... Um, uh, employees or domestic workers, they will talk about that element as well, how lucky we have to have this employee or how unlucky they are to have such abusive um, and disrespectful um, employers as well. And it, it, it works both ways. It's not um, on the onus of the domestic worker alone uh, to be professional and to be kind and courteous. It's also incumbent on the, the, uh, the person who's hiring them. It's how often do we hire people for our places of employment, for example, yeah. without a stringent vetting process and interview process, you know, wherever you work in your yeah. office space, right? Uh, whenever you want to get someone who will fit into a specific team, you go through such a long and tedious process to make sure all the personalities match up. Yes. And of course, this is an even more intense situation because it's a damn family situation, yeah. right? Where emotions are constantly running yeah. high. Yeah. 0377109000. We want to know how you treat your domestic workers. Do you have a strict employer? employee relationship uh, do you treat them as part of the family we want to hear um, your good bad and ugly stories uh, about what this entire relationship has been like uh, we're responding to a story about how one in every 20 maids run away from their employers here in the country and if you have a question as to why perhaps that might be the case do call us 0377109000 Ben is next on the line hi Ben Ben you're on the air Unfortunately, Ben is uh, not there. Do call us back at 0377109000. Uh, you can text or WhatsApp us 0162019000 or tweet us at BFM Radio. Um, so we've got a WhatsApp from a BFM listener. Uh, well, it all depends on how fortunate you are. There we go again with the luck and the fortune. Yeah. Uh, we may treat them well, but they may not appreciate it and may leave. And there are those who don't treat them well, but somehow they stick with the employer. Depending on the domestic worker's motive uh, motivations to work with the employer. Yeah. Um, another WhatsApp saying uh, they run away because they can get better pay working in restaurants and whatnot and have some sort of freedom for themselves once they get off from work, something they can never have being uh, living in domestic help. And that's true, right? Yeah. There are all these rules and regulations. So you cannot leave the house. You only have a f- like five hours off on a Sunday. Yeah. That's well, no way you, to live. It's, it's really interesting. You don't don't talk- fall in love. <laughs> that's right, right? So don't speak to the neighbor's maids and all that kind of stuff. And, and talking about that issue of freedom, 
right? Th- you know, th- these are human beings, and th- they have their personal freedoms. Correct. Uh, I've had conversations with my mom uh, about th- this issue. You know, what's you know, how much time off does Kaka and Pachi have? You know, as I got older, yeah. I was so determined to ensure that they were not being overworked, that they were being treated respect- respectfully. That um, you know, my siblings would speak to them in an appropriate manner, and it was because you know, as we've heard, you know, those lines between employee and employee just got blurred, and you wanted to have uh, a much more loving and caring and platonic relationship, one that was based on respect and, and mutual respect. Right? Correct. Yeah. Absolutely. Zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand is the number to call. We want to hear from you about how you treat your domestic workers. It's all on Top Back right after this on BFM 89.9. Zero three double seven one zero nine thousand to Talk Back. BFM 89.9. It's Uman Ezra on Top Back. The number to call is 0377109000. We're asking you how you treat your domestic workers. There was a report about how one in every 20 maids run away from their employers here in the country. We want to know why do you think that's the case? What is your relationship like? Is it strictly employer-employee or do you consider them as part of the family? Share with us your story. All right. So uh, Sasha tweets and says, uh, is it really fair to uh, expect someone to work 80-odd hours a week? Mm. And, you know, for that pay as well. Yep. Zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand. Isabel is next on the line. Hi, Isabel. Hi, Ezra. Hi, Uma. How Hello. Are you doing? We're Very doing good. okay. Tell us, uh, wh- what is your perspective on this? Okay, well, um, first of all, when I was young, I grew up with a maid, and she practically was my best friend because I had two working parents. And for me, it's always seeing about um, them as people. And that's something that I noticed as a kid that, there was a lack of that in a lot of households. But I think there's also a big um, pressure on domestic workers because essentially the lines are very blurred between three different roles. Domestic worker, someone to clean the house and look after the house. Mm -hmm. Domestic worker as a nanny. Or domestic worker as a caretaker for elderly people. And those two last ones require actually skills, which a lot of the time these domestic workers come from poor backgrounds. I've seen a documentary about what kind of training they come from in their countries before they end up in uh, foreign countries to work. And it's, it's very, like, daunting for them. And the expectations of what they're getting, I don't think it's very well managed from the middleman perspective. No, and uh, also, Isabel, uh, there are a lot of cases where they're expected to do all three. Yes, exactly. And I think that's very disappointing. I think also it detracts uh, the human element, that they end up becoming servers and not people. And also with the giving back for them because those three jobs require a lot of energy. Isabel, do you think that um, Malaysians haven't sort of come to that level of maturity about what this relationship ideally should look like and should be like when it comes to uh, the employer and the employee? I think uh, for the most part of it, yes. I think there are families in this country that do practice that, but there are very few. I mean, even if you look at how Malaysians treat other Malaysians, it's already a very good gauge about how we see people, um, whether it's through race or gender. And when you are paying someone to do something for you, there is a very entitled attitude towards other people. Yeah. Thank you very much for calling in, uh, Isabel. And, you know, it's just something that, you know, she mentioned. That, that breakdown is very important. It is so important. But there's also um, that sense of entitlement amongst employers as well, that they're supposed to do everything under the sun, which is just ridiculous on, on so many levels. So the, the employer thing is, is one thing, and that is something that runs 
that's a problem that happens across Malaysian society, yeah. as in uh, across jobs. So whether you're working in a restaurant or whether you're working mm-hmm. in a corporation, right? Yeah. Your boss assumes that you have to do all of these things because they're paying you money, right? Yeah. Um, so that's that's a general problem. However, I think with, when it comes to domestic help, there's a, 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 a deeper-seated problem, which is how we view those people. And I think that's something Isabel brought up that's very important. Do we yeah. view them as people? And also, uh, do we view them as people? And you reduce them uh, even further by saying, oh, that person's from the Philippines, that person is from Indonesia. It's as if there are these boxes that you tick in terms of what exactly. values that they ascribe to, um, which is it's simplistic and it can make sense in the short term, but it is dangerous in the long term, especially when you look at some of these numbers that we're dealing with. Yeah, just just, just to follow on what uh, Isabel was saying, there was uh, also another thing that uh, the Philippines was doing, which was kind of cool because they knew that their domestic help is a commodity mm-hmm. and it's a commodity wanted by people across the world and yeah. I don't know if you remember this story but they were tre- they were training yeah. super maids that's right I so read that story you know you could save your child from a burning building <laughs> and do CPR and all of that stuff they're, right? they're trained with all of these skill sets correct, you know, correct. from A to Z <laughs> yeah. uh, 03-771-09000 we're talking about domestic workers uh, Martin is next on the line hi Martin hi guys hi tell us what you think well I've had six minutes over the last 15 years mm-hmm. We've had our ups and downs, but you've got to look at them individually. It's no one-size-fits-all for yes. when it comes to maids, you know what I mean? Um, again, you've got to go down to the objectives. They're human beings also. I mean, you can't expect them to do everything, and if you expect them to do something more, you've got to pay them for it. I mean, it's not that if you pay a 1000 bucks a month, they're supposed to die for you or something. But we've had a fair share of uh, theft and, and runaways also. Um, again, it comes down to the individuals and... Uh, like what you said, it comes down to a lot of luck, you see, to get a good mate. And in, in any of those um, six domestic workers that you um, w- were hiring, was there was there any particular, I guess, formula? Is it, I don't know if that's the right word, but was there any type of structure or, or thing in place that said, you know what, this is working, maybe all we need to do is just continue on this track? Uh, well, um, we've had mates that have been with us for quite long, and then we found out that... Uh, she was on the Facebook, you know, she was on the internet, she was uh, uh, going out of the house and stuff. And then, you know, when you see the red flags, you just got to just gotta cut them off. Did, did, That's the formula. The moment you find out that you've been stealing from me or that the things are missing or, or, or things are not up to expectation, you just got to... You just gotta cut your loss. So, Martin, from your perspective, those activities detracted um, her from her work and the quality of work that she used to provide. Oh yes, oh yes. In fact, she, 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 when we sent her back after two years, she came back with one handful, and we told her you're not supposed to have a handful. And then after that, she was late at night, you know, on on her handphone and on WhatsApp and on social media. And then next day morning, the kids didn't go to school food was already they were kind of wondering why she's so tired when she when she goes to bed early and then later we found one phone then we took it away from her then we found another phone hmm. then we found another phone and then you know but trust is just gone you know it's something like a, it's kind of like a marriage you know where you gotta have trust and if you don't have it you see this these these uh this help is actually preparing your meals taking care of your kids Taking care of your babies, you know, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to have a level of trust with them. Thank you very much for calling in, uh, Martin. And yeah, so th- there you have a, a situation where you know 
trust is established um, between two parties and then I guess it disintegrates uh, from there for a variety of reasons. That was, of course, Martin's perspective. And, and then yeah. that's, that's the same problem of trust that can happen even in your regular workplace, right? If yeah. an employee is on Facebook the whole time at work and not doing the work they're supposed to, that can be an issue. Yeah. Um, but of course, this is a more intimate situation because it's in your home. Uh, Karen sent us a text saying, uh, you mentioned earlier that there should be an effort to see if employee and domestic worker are a good match. I think this needs to be explored. On the entitlement point, maybe employers need to be trained on how to be better managers too. Could yeah. agree more? I think that's a great suggestion. Uh, 0377109000 is the number to call. Uh, we've got Tay on the line. Hi, Tay. Hi. Tell us. Good evening. Uh, good evening. Yeah. Okay. I've uh, I've started to have uh, domestic workers since 1998, and uh, the last one uh, actually worked for me for seven, uh, eight years. And uh, the last one, uh, we had a problem with her in the end of the day where she became bossy. And she even uh, more bossy than my boss, uh, my, my wife. <laughs> so, so, so just to maybe, uh, you know, give, give a recap, you know, prior to that, uh, that relationship yeah. went quite well then prior to this, yeah, this period? Was, yeah, because uh, to me, uh, maids are actually human as well. So we treat them as a family and uh, we give them a handphone. They have a handphone. They have, can have Facebook. As long as they finish their calls, they can watch TV. Everything right. is is free for that. Yeah. So, uh, and but in the end of the day, uh, I have a cafe as well. So she insisted that she wants to help out in the cafe. And during the time, she had a relationship with a Nepalese uh, staff of mine. Right. And they started to have chats at night, middle of the night, and all those things. And in the morning, she doesn't have enough sleep. Mm-hmm. And uh, my daughter started complaining to me that the uh, kaka slapped her uh, in the morning because of her hairdo is a bit, uh, uh, what do you call it, is uh, all tangled up, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, she started pulling her hair and all those things. So I, I confronted them. I said, you can have your relationship. But the most important thing that you don't get pregnant. You don't come back crying to me and say that, you know, you, uh, the guy left you or whatever, but you have to finish your course. You have to do it professionally. And how did she respond to that? Yeah, she said, yes, okay, I'll do it. And by, uh, I gave her the chance. And the, three, the third time I, I've got enough of her, I said, I'm sending you back today. You know, she keeps telling all my other stuff that my boss cannot leave without me. They must have me. Hmm. So uh, that's the thing that uh, some of my uh, staff told me back. She said, you're not going to uh, uh, send her back because you need her. To me, there's no one indispensable. Yes, of course, she helped a lot in the house, you know, and uh, we treated her well, but this is what we get in the end of the day. And so uh, if there were any lessons learned uh, moving forward, uh, what would you say that would be? I would still say that we need to treat them as humans. They are uh, they left the house because they had left their country because they are in need of money, and uh, these are the people who are actually willing to work. But try not to send them out in public, like my cafe. You know what I mean? Where they have got the uh, interaction with uh, uh, other people or other staff, then they tend to be uh, have a relationship in the end of the day. Because they are too lonely uh, uh, in my house. Yeah, you know the, what I mean? yeah they're isolated yeah. Uh, from that, um, I guess, community and that interaction. Tay, thank you very much uh, for calling in and sharing that with us. So, so here's the thing, right? So in all of our discussions and in all of the experiences that these employers are sharing, 
it, it's it's so weird. I don't know if it's for you, but it's so weird that we keep repeating the sentence that you know we should be treating them like like humans or human beings. And is, isn't that like the baseline? But it, and it's easy for me to say simply because you know I haven't hired uh, you know personally and had yeah. sort of the we haven't had that similar experience. And because when you have somebody like Dave who's hired one, two, three, four, and all of the our other calls who've had maybe uh, you know a half a dozen um, domestic workers you know over the course of twenty years, there's a pattern that emerges, and it's it's a scary template to refer to and to keep going back to because then you start going into these tangents where you know i don't want you to go out on the weekends to have these relationships because from either anecdotal observation these are supposedly where and when the problems purportedly occur yeah but i go back to um, legal protections right yeah The, the same thing can apply in the corporate world where employees get treated like animals or mm-hmm. slaves mm-hmm. but they have recourse to action if they feel they're being abused yes and, uh, and they, that's they where they sign the, contracts yes uh, and if if an employee is in breach on is in breach of contract um the law does side with the employee right mm. who's being taken advantage of domestic help doesn't have recourse to that same kind of thing yeah and and and, yeah. and yeah. we don't seem to want to sort of address that considering the the amount of I guess bureaucracy that's involved right now when it comes to the hiring of domestic workers, oh, either local from or another country, from another country as and well. all of that stuff. Uh, but you know, it, it's led to some serious problems, right? That's why that's why no no country wants to send their empl- their workers to Malaysia. Yeah, uh, and we've had those um, issues and, and MOUs with countries like um, Indonesia, Indonesia, Vietnam. Correct. Uh, we've got our final column before the seven o'clock news. Uh, Jane is on the line. Hi, Jane. Oh, hi. Hi, Good you're evening, on. Guys. Good evening. Uh, tell us uh, what your experience is like. Um, pretty much the same. I think this topic really attracts a lot of attention and also emotions. It, can, it does. Can, yeah, uh, gauge from, you know, the callers and also their comments. I guess there are good or good and also bad uh, domestic workers. It really depends on our luck at the end of the day. Of course, we're all in agreement that we should treat them like humans for sure. Um, but I think they also got to realize that Philippines, especially four hundred and fifty US dollars, that's probably equivalent of one thousand eight. Gosh, that's like more, much more than you know our local cashiers or or, or some other uh, lower paid employees are, are being paid. Sure. So I think they've got to appreciate to some extent. We've got to bring this realization to them. But. Uh, well, I guess my point is really about the pay and uh, appreciation. And do, and do you think that they're not appreciative enough of the amount that they're... I mean, you know, when you think well, about how much they've got to send back home and what they need for their own personal expenses, do you think... Of course, yes, but if you if you look at the other responsibility of our local workers, I mean, and the salary uh, level that they've been getting uh, locally versus what these domestic workers are getting, mm-hmm. I mean, I know that they all here leave their home countries and children and family for, for work, but I think... Uh, they're going to realize that, gosh, yeah, overpaid to some extent. All right. Also, yeah. Thank you very much uh, for calling in, Jane. We've got uh, a little bit of time before we head towards the news. Uh, Talkback continues right after the 7 o'clock news. It's BFM 89.9. Time for the four T's. Tweet, text, talk. 
Talk Back on BFM 89.9. Let's talk back, everyone. It's Uma and Ezra. The number to call for the next uh, 15, 20 minutes or so is 0377109000. You can WhatsApp us at 0162019000 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, of course, you know, we're talking about domestic workers and their space in our society. We've been asking, how do you treat your domestic workers? Is it a strictly employer-employee relationship? Do you treat them as part of the family? Uma, uh, some of the calls that we've been getting, some of the texts and tweets, it's um, it's been familiar. There's been some great insight uh, as well, but also some <laughs> frustrating, disappointing um, observations uh, as well, right? Like that, this this simplicity in which we view our, our, our domestic workers about, well, you know, they're being paid this much, they they should be more grateful. I, the terms like grateful and 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 employee, yeah. employee it's kind of weird as, at the same time. But it, 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 I think the term grateful is very weird in an employer employee relationship because in any other form of that construct yeah. of employer employee. I don't think your boss has ever come to you and gone, hey, you're getting a salary every month, huh? better be grateful. Yeah. Because you're doing a service, right? You yeah. get paid, you do your job, you do it well, you may get a bonus, you may yeah. get this, la, 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 the only per- the, I mean, the only entity that can tell me that I should be grateful is the government. And that's all, that's... Correct. That's the right. only circumstance. Clearly. Uh, our next caller is Victor. Hi, Victor. Good evening, gentlemen. Good ah. evening, sir. How We've are you? We've been waiting for you, Victor. Fine, fine. <laughs> okay. Uh... I think the this uh, domestic a domestic worker is quite similar to your spouse. Oh, okay, be because, careful where you're going with this, Victor. But l- let's hear this. Go on. <laughs> because you stay under the same roof with them, mm-hmm. and uh, these are uh, always familiarity breed contempt. Yeah. And my wife often say that she has been treated no better than a domestic worker. <laughs> but, but I don't know what this the, is about you, Victor. <laughs> The difference is the difference is the process of choosing a spouse takes so much longer than choosing a domestic worker. So I mean the courtship, the dating involved in choosing a spouse. But yet you you, you look at the this uh, divorce figure. So uh, I think <laughs> if you spend so much time choosing a spouse and yet still end up in this uh, separation, so if a uh, one in twenty domestic worker running away. The figure is not so bad. <laughs> I I have not five percent. Not so I've bad. I've not thought about it that way, Victor. I've not thought. It, but but I, I like that you've compared it to divorce rates, Victor. Sorry, I, I said I like that you've compared it to divorce rates. Yeah, I mean, it happened to the these uh, the the most proximate of our relationship. So I, I think you can find uh, this uh, uh, similarity there. So. Uh, we are all talking about human relationship, yeah. and uh, sometimes the closer the closer you are, the more problem you are going to have. I think that's uh, pretty insightful, right there. Thanks, Victor, for calling in. Yeah, it's very insightful from Victor because you know we've been talking about employer-employee relationship, right? But it's very different. Let's let's at least lay out the fact that a domestic worker in your home is a very unique proposition and it's very different from a regular office employer-employee relationship. Mm -hmm. It's in your intimate space, in your private space, and therefore maybe we cannot, maybe we need a different set of rules then to draw up a different set of rules on how on how to manage and legislate that relationship. It can't just be the yeah. same as going to work from 9 to 5. Yeah. Uh, 0377109000 is the number to call. Uh, our next caller is Z. Hi, Z. 
Hi, hi, good evening, guys. Good yes. evening. Yeah, yeah. I actually I just try to uh, start my, I mean, my opinion and also my experience with three mates. I sure. have three mates myself. I mean, I, I mean, all, all of them, I think they are hardworking. But somehow, if you treat them too well and then they, they become lazy and all sorts of things, and if you treat them, I mean, if you like treating them like, sometimes I think that you can't treat them too well, but at the same time, you have to treat them well. I mean, it's so... Uh, I, I think I understand the sentiment of what you're saying, but maybe yeah. you can elaborate a little bit more about yeah. why you, do you think that you can't treat yeah. them too well and why do you have to treat them well? Tell, tell us yeah, a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, as, as other callers are coined, if you treat them too well, then they become too accustomed to, to whatever, I mean, too cozy with, with the house and, and just lay around or, or get into contact with other friends and, and, and have problems later, other issues will evolve into other issues. But the, the thing I want to stress here is that I feel that the modern day mates are actually like the old day slave. And I don't think it's a good thing to have hmm. mates anymore. This is a very bad system. I mean, it, it just doesn't work sometimes. Or maybe at most of the time. Because the, the mate, uh, I mean, maybe from Malaysian family, I'm not sure about others. I mean, maybe I could say, I, I'm not sure about the facts. Maybe like, Okay, maybe seventy percent of the mates, they are not really treated as a family members. Yeah. Because some may may have a reserve reservation that to treat them as good as a family member. So they are treated like and, and they have to work like twenty four seven, which is exactly as the same as a slave. So I really don't encourage any more mates. If, even if there is mates that should be working like in, in restaurants, in cafes and they have free time at night and do whatever they want to do, you know, just like a, a, a working person and not a mate. Because a mate is like you confine to a, to a place, confine to yeah. a house, and it's, it's exactly like a slave. So I really don't encourage any more mates to be brought into Malaysia or wherever, you know. It's just like modern slaves. Thank you very much uh, for calling in and sharing that thought. You know, Z, uh, he, Z took a while to get to his point, but I mean, there is a start, uh, you know, a startling reminder about, you know, sometimes some of the stories that we read that, you know, the, the modern maid, um, how far away is it from sort of some of the yeah. um, terrible well, aspects of, of, of how we would treat a slave? Well, and, let's it, talk it's, about it's, their living conditions. Yeah. Right. And whether they get enough space, mm-hmm. private space for yep. themselves, their rooms. I mean, that's right. You've been to those new apartments that get built yeah. and they have these showrooms and they go, you know what? We This one is a three and a half room. You know, the behind the kitchen, there's a room for the maid. Yeah. And you go and look at that room. Yeah. And it's no bigger than a closet. Right. Right. Yeah. And if that's and suitable it- private living space... Yeah, and and the scary thing is, is that a lot of these developers, um, you know, present to that as a hey, we've got a treat for you. And I mean, notwithstanding <laughs> the living room and the wonderful television that we have check there, out this and check space. out the the shower head that we have. Oh, this little special space, not for shoes, but for you know your domestic work, and it's because they sleep standing up. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. And yeah. so we had a we got a text message from a BFM listener who goes, "This topic is relevant unless you can get some domestic helpers to call in, and that would be a problem because so many employers don't." Let them watch TV, listen to radio, or give them handphones. Yeah, that's right. Uh, our next caller is Aisha. Hi, Aisha. Hi, hi, hi. I would like to agree with the point that modern domestic workers is is what we would call modern slavery in today's time. Hmm. 
it definitely is akin. It is the worst case scenario or the best case scenario. I would say it is a form of indentured labor. First of all, um, in any developed country, first world country, would you would would any developed country allow people to have domestic workers in their houses? Mm. They would, but at a very high cost, right? No, no. But even that, it would be a, under very, very uh, clear. Uh, yes, clear labor, regulations, labor of course. Law. Yeah, not like the kind that we have here, where their job scope and their working hours and everything about their freedom and liberty is. They are not even looking at the human part of their existence at all. And another thing, how can we live with ourselves? Thinking that we are removing. Aisha, are you still there? Oh dear! Uh, uh, call us back, Aisha. <laughs> <laughs> That's really frustrating. Just right in the middle of a story there. Zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand is the number to call. And you know, as 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 she was sort of mentioning right there, you know, there is this 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 question mark about how exactly do we treat uh, our domestic workers and the dignity that. Um, that they have and, and how much of that is being stripped away. And she raised that very all-important point of uh, getting all of those job scope, working hours all spelled out very clearly, right? We don't do any of that. Yeah, uh, we've got um, uh, one more caller uh, for the day, but before we get to that, uh, any texts and tweets, Uma? Yes, so we've got a WhatsApp from a BFM listener that says it troubles me that some people say the relationship between domestic helper and employee is to be strictly a professional one. Our domestic helpers actually live with us, are with us 24-7 and look after the entire household. That's beyond just a professional relationship. Yes, we need to be firm and fair, but treating them as humans means more than just buying them phones and feeding them well. It means also knowing who they are as a people. That's very important. I'm glad someone brought that up. Our final caller of the day is Faisal. Hi, Faisal. Hi, good evening. Can you guys hear me clearly? Yes, yes we you can. can. All right, that's great. So I have a couple of things I wanted to share with both of you. By, by the way, good evening. I hope you guys are enjoying yourself. Thank you very much. Uh, tell us what your story is. Okay, so I've been listening to the show for a while, uh, about an hour or so. Or so. And um, I've heard some very interesting ideas from some people with regards to the guidelines and so on and so forth. I think uh, generally when you have a domestic worker, I, I've never had one before. I've heard lots of stories about my other extended family members having it or friends and so on. I think setting, it's quite a low bar to say that we should treat them as humans. That's, I think, like, that's basically... It's a horribly everyone, low bar, yes. Yeah, it's a horribly low bar. But uh, then again, we do have people who... Uh, lack a little bit of common sense with regards to treating people like humans, so I understand that the bar must be made very clear. However, I do feel that the standards of how we judge a domestic worker and how we treat them is based on very privileged understanding of what uh, you can expect from them, especially when you pay them money. Yeah, so yes, right. Generally, generally, it's like, okay, if I'm paying you money, then I want to get everything um, the best I can out of you. So the problem I have here is two-pronged. Number one, is that we have this sense of entitlement with regards to how to treat them. So we assume that they are going to be our cooks. We assume they're going to be a caregiver. We also assume that they are going to be individuals that are going to take care of the household and the cleanliness of the household. Now, obviously, we have different reasons of why we have a caregiver, sorry, a a domestic worker. Mm -hmm. But the assumption that they can do all three of it is merely, as I stated, an assumption and also bad because... 
uh, generally, uh, if you're a parent, you should be caregiving for your children on your own. Yeah. And I understand there are different reasons of why people get a domestic worker. I'm actually here to talk about why those reasons are very skewed. I, they don't, I don't think a domestic worker should be taking care of your children. No, no disrespect to their lack of skills or lack thereof. What I basically mean is that if you have a domestic worker, they should be helping you with the kind of things that is clearly defined, right? Yeah. So another problem is this uh, idea of how a domestic worker comes into the house. So I'm pretty sure you've also been listening to a lot of people saying that, you know, we're lucky, some people are unlucky. Yeah. Now, first and foremost, there needs to be a very clear communication of what they're supposed to do, what they're not supposed to do. So even if they say, you know, I, I would prefer to help you at your restaurant or your bookstore or wherever you want to go, I think if you're hiring them for a specific job, they do that specific job. And then you draw the line despite um, whatever assertions that they would like to make. Yeah, you draw the line despite whatever good intentions they have. Because let's face it, a lot of the people that come, they don't necessarily, yeah, they, they don't necessarily have uh, diplomas, degrees. And even if they do, they are very, very, very small minority because the assumption is that if you have those things, you wouldn't be here. But that's, that's basically the biggest problem here, isn't it? If you have all these skills, then uh, all the things that are necessary for you and you become comfortable here, the next step is trying to get a little bit more. So if you're here on the air telling, you know, I've heard some people share that don't let them go out, don't let them have handphones. Firstly, if you agree and you concede in principle that these are human beings, when they have things they are comfortable for them, they want more. And that's something that you can't stop them from having. However, let's talk about the risk now. When you hire an employee, you have all the risk of them not being able to perform well yeah. because you assume the risk. Now, the problem in this country is that the middleman gets away with everything because yeah. they either don't channel the proper resources or skills to train these uh, domestic workers. They may not have skills. And for those who do have skills, they are... The risk is entirely uh, assumed by the person who's employing you. So, so for example, if uh, Madam a, uh, Madam uh, City is hiring uh, another Madam City, then um, the employee's risk of them not doing the job or doing the job poorly is entirely on the person itself. So, if I were to suggest, I think what's missing is a regulatory body or a system that uh, really puts the accountability on the middlemen to ensure that people don't or these domestic workers don't run because they run away because when you look at the start of this conversation it was one in 20 people run away right so maybe a dorm system they need to be like normal people they go out they work from eight to six or eight to five for any hours you define as uh, reasonable legitimate hours and then they have their own lives because that's usually what a domestic worker is like just like any other worker without it you, you're cooped up you can't go up you can't do anything what do you i mean what are we really expecting from these groups of people who have left their country to find a better life and when they have some form of comfort they become a little bit lazy and I'm not saying lazy because I'm trying to be condescending but I'm trying to say that uh, those are the little things in life that they can already appreciate a little bit more so the, the whole dynamics of how we look at domestic workers as the substitute for parenting the substitute for caregiving the substitute for taking care of your children's food and needs is something that's entirely uh, in principle wrong especially when these individuals don't necessarily have the skills or they just cannot uh, deal with the circumstance Faisal, thank you so much for that. Um, that was a lot to sort of uh, uh, unpack in terms of some, some of the things that you said, but you're right. Uh, the, when you're talking about the accountability and the transparency of these middlemen, um, you know, they're getting away with a lot of things and, and a lot of them are not being held accountable. And 
do you really need that 24-7? I mean, what Faisal said was yeah. really true, right? 8 to 5, you get your weekends off. Surely all of that work in the house can be done on 8 to 5 on weekdays. Yep. Chua, you're our final caller of the day. Tell us what you think. Yeah, I have heard that I think a lot of them have not actually employed uh, domestic maid to give such opinion. You know, I've been employing domestic maid for about 20 years. Uh, some of them have stayed with me like for nine years. Uh, the present one has with me for four years. And I, my, my, my opinion is uh, the domestic maid is not like any other em- employee because they are staying together with us. Mm-hmm. They, eat, they eat with us. They stay with us. They go out with us. So, I, I mean, to, to say that we treat them so badly, I think this is not true at all. You know, like, like, like my, my mate now, he, she has her own room, bathroom attached. Whenever we go for dinner, we bring her. If she, if she doesn't want to go out, we'll buy food for her. She has a phone. I mean, she can watch TV. I. But you know what you're describing. What you're describing is not something a lot of people would consider. You know. Uh, something to celebrate or shout about. Some of these things that you're describing are just basic, decent freedoms. No, I mean they are not really based because we treat them as part of the part of the family. Do you treat your employee as part of the fa- family? You don't, because a domestic maid is different from an ordinary uh, what you call employee. You know. Tell me in which. In, tell me in what way. In the office. No, our, our employee works in an office. But the domestic maid is part and parcel of the family. You know, you, you, you see, you know, the, 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 close, the close attachment we, we, we have with the, with the domestic maid is so different from an uh, ordinary employer-employee um, uh, relationship. Because the relationship is with the whole family, whereas an employee is with the employee alone. I'm sure when you, you as an um, um, employee in a BFM, do you know your boss' children and, and his uncle and his auntie and all that? You, you, you don't, unless you have the experience of employing a domestic maid. I think it's very difficult to discuss this topic with those who don't know. All right, thank you very much, Chua. I'm sure uh, perhaps, you know, a lot of our callers don't have the experience that you have. And, um, Can I just say this, though? I think um, that's a great wake-up call for us. I would expect our boss to start t- t- taking us out for dinner with his family more often. Yeah. Well, folks, thank you very much for all your calls, texts, and tweets. Uh, if you miss any part of this program, you can download the podcast uh, on our brand new BFM app or on our website. Uh, folks, we've got uh, some music by Megadeth coming up right after these messages. Isn't that where you're going after this, Ezra? I might be headed to there rock to out Stadium with Nagar Mustang. right now. All right, we'll catch you later, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.